0: This episode of The Real Rescue Podcast is brought to you by Breeze Eastern, the world's only dedicated helicopter hoist and winch provider. SR3 Rescue Concepts, because you don't know what you don't know. And Life Saving Systems Corporation, we do our work so you can do yours. Tough gear for tough jobs. Breeze Eastern, They dedicate themselves to our helicopter rescue world. Since the very first helicopter rescue in November of 1945, Breeze Eastern has designed and manufactured superior rescue hoist solutions. While much of the technology and the unique mission requirements have changed over the past 75 years, their commitment to the rescuers, the operators, and those being rescued has not. Contact them today by visiting them at Breeze-Eastern.com. SR3 Rescue Concepts is a training company that can help with your helicopter training, a standardization and safety check, or maybe just an audit or an FAA refresher. They are here to bring your agency up to date with the most current techniques, rules, regulations, and equipment. The training staff is awesome! With the Certified Flight Instructor Pilots, Experienced Crew Members, which I am happy to say that I am one of them, they offer training in rescue, medical, tactical, firefighting, ground operations, and night vision goggle use. SR3 is also partnered with Petzl to assist with personal protective equipment and the highly specific Lazard. SR3 also goes beyond the helicopter world as they provide high angle rescue training and tactical medicine training. Contact them today at sr3rescueconcepts.com or over on Instagram at sr3 underscore rescue and Life Saving Systems Corporation. They manufacture the world's toughest helicopter rescue gear. From my favorite harness as a rescue man, the Triton harness, to the rescue baskets, the litters, and of course the most popular hook in all helicopters. The D-Lock. The team at LSC will cut, bend, sew, weld, and machine these products into existence every day. We do our work so you can do yours. LSC. Tough gear for tough jobs. Check them out today at lifesavingsystems.com and follow them on Instagram at Rescue Gear. That's at R-E-S-Q-G-E-A-R. In this episode, you guys get to learn something that we have in the Coast Guard called the Prashard Award. The Prashard Award was established in 1963 by parents and friends of the late Lieutenant Robert A. Prashard. It's given to aircrew members for demonstrating exemplary performance and superior technical, aviation, professional, and leadership abilities. The award is actually given to the enlisted and the aircrew members in the back of the aircraft, and it's decided upon by the wardroom, the pilots, and the officers of the unit. This only happens every six months. So on a semi-annual basis, the officers get together and they pick someone that has earned this award. It just so happens that our next guest is one of those award recipients. So please welcome United States Coast Guard Rescue Swimmer number 288, my friend, the Bull, Mr. David Gray. My name is Jason Quinn. I am United States Coast Guard Rescue Swimmer number 500. These are my rescues and rescues from those of us that put our lives on the line every day so others may live. This is The Real Rescue Podcast. Do you have any
1: questions before we get started? No, 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 no. Go with all it. Right. We're doing. And I, I, well, I will tell you, recording. I hope. Yeah. You're the second interview I've ever done in my whole career. Because as you heard, episode 25, um, Alan Yates explained to you that yeah, they get it wrong and they misquote you all the time. So I never gave one. <laughs> I, I gave one to Jody uh, Hoffmaster when I was a, a young third class, right out of a school, checking into Corpus Christi and she came down to do interviews because we were just going operational. So I actually got there before we were operational. I mean, I was there when I was plank owner of Corpus Christi. I think we were one of the last units to go operational rescue swimmers. Like like Alan said, we could do every position, but they couldn't do ours. And he was right on because we were flight max, we were drop masters in the Falcon. I mean, we did it all. We had to, you didn't have a choice. I went to airframe and power plant school for the Falcon jet. And I was a rescue swimmer. I didn't do that. <laughs> I mean I, I, I go I check in the East city and they're like, Well, you just graduated swimmer or ASM school. I'm like, Yeah, well, no, I'm here for engine and power plant school. Because I'm a drop master in the C the h twenty five.
0: Pretty
2: awesome. And
1: like, and so yeah, we could do everything, but yeah. they couldn't do ours. And right. it was you know I mean hence the animosity price started right then and there but, right
0: then yeah absolutely but, uh,
1: yeah I was I was in Corpus Christi for probably two three months before we went operational and it was awesome. I mean we were breaking new ground left and right it
0: was it was intense. And I, mean, I was, was ha- I was happy you guys did it because I came into the background <laughs> and shit was already set up.
2: Road was paved
0: <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Let me introduce you. What are you talking about? We haven't even gotten to the introduction. What are you, What are you doing, right. man? You're jumping the gun already. Ladies and gentlemen, I, welcome. I, I,
1: in. I got my got my ringer on. I got oh, my, look, my
0: I know, the my hat, summer hat on. 40, stuff in the background. Forty four ninety one.
1: My class, man, it's, it's
0: <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Oh God, I love it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Real Rescue Podcast. Today, I have with me United States Coast Guard Rescueserver number two hundred and eighty-eight, Mister David Gray. What's up, my Ooh-rah. brother? brother. I'm so pumped you're here. Thanks for the opening. Uh, you beat me to the opening statement. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's I'm okay. me. You know,
2: I'm good. The bowl right in, man. I dive right in. I don't. I don't.
0: I don't. Uh, I don't hesitate. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I wouldn't have it any other way, man. This is awesome. <laughs> Um, so Dave, if you don't mind, please introduce yourself to everybody. Give us a little like rundown, a little background. I, well, I, my name's David Gray, uh, double
1: swimmer 288. Um, joined the Coast Guard in 1988. I was in college, lost my way. Uh, wanted to be a Michigan State Trooper. The academy was closed, did construction, whatever. Ended up in the Coast Guard. On a 378. Um, didn't even know anything about aviation rescue. I'd never even seen a Coast Guard helicopter before. And sure enough, we're on an LPAT patrol. I'm a I'm striking MK. So I'm an FN MK. That's A-Gang. fireman
0: machinist mate to help everybody That's out. Right. Come In on. An
1: A-Gang. I was an A-gang, which is main prop or the main engines. A-gang are the ones that run all the equipment around the ship. So I was an A-ganger. We ran the... Hilo deck and sure enough helicopter comes out of kodiak we're going to do our my first lpat and that's when i got kind of introduced to the aviation survival man rating alan yates was a was a flight mix slash rescue swimmer
0: on the helicopter that we took out on LPAT. and episode i was already- 25 by the way rescue <laughs> swimmer number 157 come on al yates <laughs> And uh, I'd already, you know, kind of heard about the rating.
1: Um, I worked for, I can't, I wish I could remember his name, but we had a warrant officer, uh, engineering warrant officer on the boat that I swam with back in Alameda in the pool. And he's like, dude, he goes, "You're, you're on the wrong path. You're on the wrong path. So he was feeding me all this new information about this rating with helicopter rescue swimmers. And I'm just thinking, damn, okay. And sure enough, when I met Al Yates, it all just kind of came together. My visit to Kodiak Island, uh, Al introduced me to the shop. And I'm like, you know what? I changed my rating right then and there. And and it's all because of Kodiak, Alaska, and Alan Yates, and, and and a really good engineering officer who could see that my potential wasn't Turning wrenches. It was jumping out of darn helicopters. (laughs) It it, it just set my path, you know. And I, and I really, I was only going to be in four years, man. I was four and out. I mean, I really, I was four and out. I was not going to stick around. It it just, it was not in my plan. And um, God, it just, it's just amazing how life changes, you
2: know.
1: People don't understand the job that we did and how intoxicating it was yeah regardless of how beat up we got and i mean i beat myself up i mean bad (laughs) i'm paying for it but (laughs) i have no regrets because it was such a fulfilling and honorable job that that people don't you know you People like you stand next to on the grocery line, they look at you like, oh, that's a big dude. Like you said, you know, that big guy could swim. Well, <laughs> oh, if they yeah. knew how many rescues I did, <laughs> it's just it's, yeah. just, it's amazing. And it's, it's, it was the quality of people we worked with yeah. that, I mean, you know, it just oh, yeah. changed the whole path.
0: Yeah. And, and yeah. everybody that we worked with, just, God, we have such a good core group. And, you know, I, it's kind of it's this one thing that's been really cool about not only this podcast but what I've done outside of the Coast Guard because everywhere I've gone they have a unique or similar brotherhood or and it's it's that connection of what you've gone through the parrot rescues, the Navy seals but yeah us swimmers man I, there's something about us swimmers just. You know, oh, I love it. I'm, I'm 288. And we just went over a 1000 last
1: year. Yeah. Uh, maybe we're up to what 125 126. I'm not even sure the number. But when I tell people that, you know, they see because I have 288 on everything that's kind of become your, yeah, your it's number. You. Yeah, I mean, you own it. You, no one has it. It's yours. Yeah, you it. Own it. yeah. And, there's only one and you are the true. only one. That's it. And people always ask, well, what's the significance of 288? I'm like, well, I'm rescue swimmer number 288. And there was three in my class and we started 12. Yeah. And they're like, Whoa. Yeah. I said, Oh, well, there's classes that graduated. One. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Jeff Danner. Yeah. Class of two, You know, I mean, and then people, it gets their attention. They're like, well, wait a second. Tell me about it. And then you say, well, I started, I went through in 1990, 91, the program started in 85, 86. And here it is 2021. And we just graduated over a thousand and it blows people's mind. They're like, no way that can't be right. No, that's pretty much it. You know, there are those that tried and I have the utmost respect for everyone that has put their foot on the grinder at that school. Nope. I don't care if you. I don't care if you made it day one, day two. Yeah. You put your foot on the grinder. I got yeah. respect for you because yeah. not many have even touched the grinder.
0: Right, and not, the, not and many the, want the, to. It's just yeah, I mean, scary. It's mind Yeah, and and you I don't that, want to take away from anybody else. That, like, but there are those that no. make excuses, and uh, no. your excuse will excuse, it will just it will derail you and. And you don't have a chance. If you've already made the excuse. Yeah. You know, you, it's over. Yeah. You don't, but, you don't belong. Right. And a lot of
1: people don't figure that out until week two, three, four, right. month one, whatever. Yep. It, it, I have the utmost respect for everyone that has gone to that school graduate or not, you know, <laughs> that aviation structural mechanic school really kicks your butt. <laughs> That's for Alan. That's for Alan Yates, right there. You know, the guy that can't swim makes it through school.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm gonna be an ASM. Come on, Al. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's one Here of my I favorite parts about Al. Well, wow, I didn't want to change now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the
1: guy—he uh, is—he is known throughout the Coast Guard. I mean. The the one and only. It goes to swimmer school, and it's not even. It's aviation survival school.
0: Yeah, he doesn't know how to swim. (laughs) Holy buckets! (laughs) Drop a pair of fins on that guy, and boom, a rocket.
1: (laughs) I mean, just amazing. I mean, Uh, interview's over. I can't compare to him. Yeah. Oh, that's that's kind of my start. You know. Into the Coast Guard realm, I was very, very fortunate to meet some incredible people. Um, obviously, read uh, Super Tunks' story when I was right before I went to school. Bluebird, a lot of, a lot of influential stuff. I mean,
2: yeah.
1: we were breaking ground left and right.
2: Yeah,
1: and it was just exciting. I could, you could feel it to get on board of that. And I, you know, I came off a of 378. I wasn't going back. Yeah. There's no way I learned how to run. I don't like running. I'm a big dude, <laughs> but you know, thank God I could swim. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't like running either if it helps you.
1: You know, you know, I used to do the instructors too. And I, man, I could, I, I was, I was a master diver by the time I was 15, 16 years old. Grew up in Michigan Always around the water, surfing, swimming, scuba diving. I did it all. Man, I could hold my breath. I had two older brothers that constantly tried to drown me in our pool in the backyard. So I learned <laughs> to hold my breath and calm myself. It's all a heart rate thing. You know, it's like yeah. I learned that the water is a gymnastic. You, you have to control your breathing and relax. Yeah. Like gymnastics, to, to, to perform what they do is very mind over matter. And, and I've always treated water like that. Like I've had some awesome coaches that, that taught me that. The body achieves what the mind believes. That has been my life, my life. From John Shears, my swim coach in Grand Haven. The body will achieve what the mind believes. Well, I learned
0: how to hold my breath. You don't and, uh, write that down. Oh, like, no, absolutely. That, that's, that's going on social media, everybody. Check that out on uh, Instagram and Facebook and everywhere else, all right? It's
1: going. <laughs> The, the, body, the body achieves what the mind believes. Thank you, John. Cheers. Um, so I can hold my breath. Well, these instructors at school would just be dirty with you. Well, you know, you go down you got to do the release and the escapes. And I kind of hang them and grab the pool drain and just sit down there until I got three pinches. I'd let them go up the surface. We go. Man, I got dragged in the office more times. Gray, you son of a bitch. Knock it off. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? I'm not doing anything. I'm like, yeah, you are. Just do your, do the move and bring them to the surface. <laughs> I would, man. I'd, just, I'd go down there and grab the pool drain. Come on, let's hang out. Because <laughs> I knew I could beat them. Of course, I'd pay for it on the runs on the weekends. Yeah. Oh, butch flife. Yeah. Kicked my butt, but you know, hey, Did when you. I was in the water, when I was in the water, it, hey, that was in my element. I loved it.
2: <laughs> oh. My gosh.
0: All right. So now after you graduated from school, uh, you go to your first unit, which is? I went down to Corpus Christi. Oh, yeah. And, that's right. Because you're a plank and, owner down there.
1: Yep. And checking in, the day I was checking in, Alan Yates was already there, which blew me away. Um he had been following me. Wow. Kind of in the background. What you know, how's he doing in school? Where's he at? And then here I go to check in. And I'm up front with the yeoman and here he walks in L So I'm just like, holy cow, man. Last time I saw you was up in the Kodiak, Alaska, and here you are in Corpus Christi. I mean <laughs> That's pretty awesome. And we've we've done a, we've done a few other tours together, the stand team together, and yeah. just very few guys meet someone that are like mentors in the beginning of their Coast Guard career and go all the way to retirement and (laughs) still be stationed with the same guy.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: We just, we kind of crossed paths. It was just, it was a fluke, but we had a lot of fun. That's awesome. And we had a lot
0: of, we had a lot of shared stories. I mean, (laughs) well, and Corpus is where you pretty much got your first rescue and you, it, had, yeah. you had another one there that you and uh, Al kind of worked on together as yeah. well. So, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. Hey, go, go. The, the podcast first is yours, we, my friend. You
1: always ask about the first SAR case, my first duty night. Um, it wasn't one. My first duty night. I mean, we were, I think I was the second duty stander in Corpus Christi. Um, A.J. Thompson had the first duty. We just did it. We did a draw, straw type of thing I was number two well my duty night my flight mech who was um Wayne Claiborne he was an ASM he was in first class getting ready to go to OCS but he was also flight mech rescue swimmer but he was the flight mech that first night and I was the swimmer um man it gets dark and the SAR alarm goes off I mean that's just Corpus Christi Sun goes down, alarm goes on. I mean, that's just how it worked down there. And we get launched out to a, a fishing camp for a heart attack. And it was, it was on a beachy area, one of those little intercoastal islands. You could land on it. And, man, uh, you know, your first sarcasm. I am jacked. Holy yeah. cow, I'm ready to go. Man, we land, and I go to get out that door, and I fold up like a taco. I still had my Gunner's belt on <laughs> We pull me back in. He's like, dude, don't Oh fuck. <laughs> I mean, it was just go, go, go. And uh, yeah, the guy, the older gentleman had a heart attack. Obviously it, it was well ex- expired. But we do CPR, we do everything we can. We do CPR all the way back in the corpus to the ER, working on the guy, get him delivered. I get back in the helo we start going back to uh, the Corpus. They're like, hey, we're going to refuel, change out your gear, we're going again. All right. And so, I mean, this happened all night long. I had four cases my first duty night. (laughs) And it was from, yeah, from two medevacs, a water entry and then my last one was down to one of the they call them the um crew boats crew yeah. boats for the oil rigs but they're basically big flatback boats yeah tender I mean, you can haul anything
0: this and thing as you on. have a, a big wide open deck it's an easy easy go easy, it's loaded easy. up there it's a little more complicated yeah thing. this thing was empty the
1: guy was by himself oh. he was taken on water so he had it mashed i mean he's He's going to beach it. That's all he had in his mind. He's going to beach the damn thing. So we fly out there and we got pumps and they lower me down to it. And I get on the boat, disconnect. Hela goes into its orbit. I run up to the, um, the pilot house where he's at just to figure out what the hell is going on. Cause yeah. it's just him. And this, this, the sun is coming up. I mean, I am, I'm dog tired by this point. And I get up there, man, I'm swimming through beer cans this guy's been drinking. And I mean, he is loaded. He is loaded. I'm tired. I'm a little grumpy at this point. But his, his bilge alarm is going off. So I'm like, well, dang it. Let me go down and look. I want to see how much water's coming in. You know, I'm an old MK or MK striker. So I get down in the engine room. Lights are on. One of the seawater tanks is leaking and taking out water for the number two engine. So I just secured the engine and it stopped the water leak. His bilge pump was keeping up. It was just kind of taking an alarm.
2: Yeah.
1: So by the time I get back up to the pilot house, the alarm's off, he's calmed down. By now, the the 41-footer's the alongside. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm done. I am done. Yeah, so oh I just, <laughs> I hop over to the 41, their boarding crew gets on. I said, have fun, man, he's lit. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened to him, but obviously he's not driving boats anymore. And so I get picked up off the back of the 41 and home we go. And I mean, that was my first night. I mean, two medevacs, water entry for a, for a sinking vessel, that, that one, that vessel. I mean, it was crazy.
2: Wow. And that, that,
1: that was kind of the temple of Corpus Christi for pilots that really didn't want to deploy us. Like, yeah, we're not going to use you guys. There's no use for you. Man, they used us every way possible. I mean, there wow. were messages coming out of Corpus. We called it the Gulf Coast gore. Because if you if you made it through a tour there without seeing something pretty nasty, you got lucky. And I don't think there are many people that made it out of there that first six years that, that, that didn't see something that was very disturbing. I mean, it was the Gulf Coast gore. We ran into it weekly. Alan Yates, the, the winter guy yeah. I was there when that happened um, the helicopter accident we've, we've had fires tanker fires amputations car accidents I mean we did it all the, the, the national seashore is a busy place so if it wasn't an industrial accident it was a car accident or it was you know an incident on the beach I mean it was insane it was, a, it was it was a crazy three years. My tour there was three years. I was single and it was just, I mean, what it was an indoctrination into the Coast Guard that not many see. Yeah. And, And and God, that first crew that we had there was super, super tight. You know, everything we went through, we bonded, and we're still tight to this day. Yeah. You know, it's it's amazing. It's like you said, it's it is a brotherhood, it's a fraternal order. And you, you know, when you graduate, you become a member, whether you like yeah. it or not. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's that passage. Once you make it through that passage. And, you yeah, know, just absolutely. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Gosh, I mean, a lot of good
1: memories in Corpus. Just, it was insane. The, the types of things we were doing, you had to be on your game because you just didn't know what you're going to get. I get launched for a fishing vessel. The guy's got sunburns. I get out there. It's a thousand foot tanker that had an engine room explosion with two guys with head to toe, third degree burns. Oh, hey, that's, that's the type of info they would tell you. <laughs> okay. I'm going for a sunburn. Here we go. Oh, wait a second. No, it, it's a tanker. He had a boiler room explosion. Oh, well shit. <laughs> the whole game changed <laughs> in mid flight. You know, it was insane. It was wow. insane. We were doing things that you'd, that were never done before. You know, they never, the the Ops Center never launched a helicopter with a medic on board, let alone a rescue swimmer. Yeah. You know, they never took the severity of what the call they were getting. So we were, I mean, we were breaking new ground. Yeah. We were literally breaking new ground. It was just incredible. I think you
0: have your EMT basic kit. (laughs) 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 All right, so that was a little dig. I apologize. You know what? We do some amazing work. uh, Just, but you know, like EMT basic is exactly where we needed to be. That's
1: it is, and we 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 went well above just the basic treatment. Yeah, I mean, we really did. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> no, so I,
1: you know, I mean, I could go on. How much time you have? I got mean, oh, all,
0: all night. Come on. <laughs> it was It was. Man, it we're, was we're still in Corpus right now. This is exciting to me. You <laughs> know, I love this stuff. This is why yeah, I do it. It's history. It's all history. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, and I, I went back and did my last tour in aviation in, in Corpus. So I was there at the beginning of it and I ended my career there. Um, and just this crazy stuff happened then,
0: you know? Really? You know, I've I've heard a lot of good things out of Corpus. Well, I just good cases in general and, and crazy yeah. stuff that goes on down there for sure. So I'm, I'm glad you're here to share some of them. But, you know, and
1: that's kind of why my feeling about the awards thing. We, uh, the whole first plank owners that were there, we went and did some incredible stuff. And then I go to EMT Research and you have guys like, hey, man, I'll give you my DFC. What do you mean? You will give me your DFCs? Like, man, you earned it. Yeah. You know, I've read some of your cases because we did we did sit reps on every case.
0: Went Coast Guard. Define wide. define that real quick for everybody. What's a sit rep?
1: A sit rep. Well, a situational report. Any case we had, it was detailed out so every unit could learn from it. What we did, what we did right, what we did wrong. I mean, it was all there, black and white and it went to every unit and it went in our for official use only folder mm-hmm. where we could all read it and review it
0: and kind of critique what that swimmer did on that case you
1: know
0: in, in, in all reality that was there to help build the program and make it better constantly because you had cases like the bluebird up in in sitka like yep. uh you know stuff that happened out of cape cod like out, out of corpus christi and that was the only way that everybody could really get together and say holy cow this is what we're doing yeah we need to yeah and this is why we're doing it this is why the coast guard
1: has a rescue swimmer we were basically proving to the commandant the coast guard itself why we are in existence and why you need us i mean we were really opening new doors and this was the way to document it and just kind of show the rest of the coast guard that really didn't want helicopter rescue swimmers why we need them, right. why they're so valuable. So we were kind of proving our value. Yeah. And, and you know, you go to EMT research and guys, you know, read all your cases. It wasn't secret. Everyone knew. I wish they still had it going on to this day because I thought it was a very valuable tool and I wish they never stopped doing it. But, you know, I run into uh, guys that are in the class ahead of me, Mike Fish. It's like, dude, <laughs> I had a DOC for like half of what you've done. Yeah. And it just, you know, you're like, wow, well, okay. And it just, the metals never really became a, a thing to me. It was like, you know, Tunks put it perfectly. We're all going to go. Yep. You're going to go. Yep. You don't hesitate. You don't hesitate. You just go. And, and we are and, all qualified to do the job. Everyone. Yep. Us. Yep. So you can do what I did, any other one can do what I did. That's it. I mean, we, we never hesitate. (laughs) It's just, you know, the old, the old surf boats, and I've got my, my trunk and I should have looked up the number before we did this, but there is a, um, they're in the manual of 1896, the surfman's manual. It says you will use all efforts, buoys, beaches, breaches, surfmen, and yourself, this is the CEO of the unit. Yourself, you must go out. You don't have to come back.
2: Yeah,
0: old school.
2: Old, I mean, school. old school.
1: I have that inscribed on the back of my my sea chest. My wife had a big sea chest made for me when I retired, and uh, that, that's on the back. That old, right out of the manual. <laughs> you you have to go. You don't have to come back. And it's just you know it's like oh that's all cliché but you know we're all trained and that's kind of our mindset is we're going to go yeah i mean it's just yeah and we've all been there you know <laughs> been there in i mean ears in the deep yeah and just had that sense of calm come over you cuz man this one trained to do i'm going to get out of it <laughs> i got myself into yeah. it i'm going to make it out yeah. you know,
0: and, and I got this, put me in coach. I got this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give, me know,
1: Give me the ball. Give me the ball. Never hesitate. Never yeah. hesitate.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, some of it's, you know, I was never, you know, I grew up in a very Scotch Irish family, religious, never that religious, you know, and I kind of stayed away from it in the Coast Guard, you know, but some of the stuff we've done, I've been out there where there's no way I shouldn't come back. And it's just an overwhelming feeling of, man, I'm not alone. Yeah. Someone is here with me and I, it's going to be okay, Gray. You're going to get through it. Let's just push on. Let's go. And, you know, 90% of all our cases were at night. Heavy yep. seas, a thunderstorm, rain going sideways, yep. snow going sideways. a bend been in all of it. Yep. And, and you just like at the end, you land and all right. Go change my gear out, get ready for the next one. You don't think anything of it. Uh. Here we go. Come on, it's hard to describe that to people, but you know, it's that's really that's it in a nutshell. That's
0: That's really (laughs) good. That's good. I like that a lot. (laughs) My favorite, like, saying that I like to say is you know, like, get you get out there, you, you know, especially up in Alaska. You know, you, you, I remember being so cold. You know, come back and take a nice warm shower. Do it again tomorrow.
1: Yeah. I remember going up there. We were, I was on, when I was on the stand team, I went up there and we were trying to recreate an, an accident that happened when they, they lost, lost a life in a Gumby suit. I think it was either, it happened in Sitka, but they sent me up to Kodiak to train, put on the Gumby suit, get in the water, do the whole thing and see what happened and why and how. Um, I'm in old woman's Bay. It's slushing over cold. I mean, I've already been in the water 45 minutes to an hour. Bobby Watson swims up to me. Here he comes all smiles. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby's always smiling, you know, holds up a thermometer on his dry suit. Hey man, it's 26 degrees in here. It's freezing. I can't feel my feet, my toes. I'm in a dry suit and a Gumby suit. I just look at Bobby and said, Bobby, get me the hell out of here. I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) Yeah, that's when we did the double lift and got me out of there. But it just you know, we put ourselves in that. (laughs) I mean, you know, old woman bay, when it's flushing on, it's freezing. Hot water doesn't freeze until it's 26, 28 degrees right in that range.
0: Cold, cold. And and without still but that whole yeah. bay would freeze over and we'd end up having to do training out in the, out in the sound and
1: in the open. Yeah. 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 <laughs> ah! I know Kodiak. I went oh. there on a 378, and then I went back there and played in the water when I was on the stand team. I loved it. I loved it up there. That's awesome. and, uh, Being from Michigan, all the guys on the stand team were like, Hey, you like cold water. You go Traverse city, Detroit, Sitka, Kodiak. I'm like, when do I get to go to Puerto Rico? Yeah. Hawaii. Can I get, get a, a warmie, please? <laughs> yeah, I got Puerto Rico once, and I got Hawaii once. Hey. My old unit. I took my wife with me. We're <laughs> making vacation out of this. But yeah, I love the stand team. I mean, that was that was to me the biggest kick in the pants. I mean,
0: so I actually want to talk about that a little bit later um, because you've you've done so much in the Coast Guard uh, while you were in. Again, one of the guys that really paved the way, but. I want to I want to touch on some of the awards thing that you just mentioned, because yeah. I, I totally agree with you with. And I heard it from Darren Reeves, too. You know, when he sat me down, and I'm like, oh, man, you, you have some great awards. He's like, yeah, you know, they're they're good. But I've had better cases that didn't get awards. You know, we don't remember. We don't do this for the awards. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I get it. You know, I will tell you right now on record. Yeah, I did not get it. Until after I made it through school, and then after my first day of duty, I was like, "I get it, I get it." Yeah. I, when you have your first patient, or you're the first guy looks at you like, "Oh my God, thank you for being here. Thank you for coming to get me. Thank you, thank, you know." And it's like, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay, I get it. I got you, Darren. Thank you." So I'm, I'm throwing a bone at <laughs> Darren right now. Uh, at the same time, I, I'm, you know, I've been talking to like different people around the world, the Finnish guys. They they don't they're not a big award guys they're hey you did your job <laughs> go finish <laughs> come on <laughs> finish forward guard so yeah um but at the same time there's recognition from the awards and and I I'm really excited because I do want to read one of yours that you got and that was for Hurricane Katrina so if you're good Katrina. with it I, I'm, gonna I'm read- good with it you know and that was uh, be right up with it that was my last
1: sarcas and then. I, I hurt myself, and that kind of ended the career. So Katrina was my last hoorah, and it was a big one, but I it was my last one. You know, I, I, I'd, I'd worn my body out by the time we,
0: Katrina hit, and I mean. Well, I, if you don't mind, I would like to read this, and then you kind of give us a little rundown about what happened that day, days. Uh, you know, sure. we everybody out there, well, the majority of people out there know about Hurricane Katrina and just – crushed New Orleans. Um right. You know, and then Jeff Tunks talked about it a little bit and there are other guys that have talked about it a little bit, but you're we're gonna get your stories. And then okay. after that, I, I really want to do get into a little bit of the stand team, the standardization team that the Coast Guard had together and why it's so important to have good standards across an entire uh unit, the military oh, yeah. Exactly, because it, it is important and, and I want you to kind of touch on that. But before we go too far, I got to read this so you guys have an <laughs> understanding of, of what, what happened. So, citation to accompany the award of the Meritorious Service Medal to AST-1 David A. Gray, United States Coast Guard. Officer Gray is cited for meritorious service in the performance of duty while serving as rescue swimmer aboard several Coast Guard H 860 and H 865 helicopters during Operation Katrina Lifesaver in Metropolitan New Orleans from 01 through 08 September 2006. During his week long span, he demonstrated a cool demeanor under fire and exceptional dedication to his patients. Having just completed a challenging rescue of seven lives off bridges and rooftops, PetAfter Gray and his H-65 crew responded to an urgent call to evacuate a high-rise retirement home. Upon disembarking from the H-65 in front of the building, he was confronted by 10 police officers in a full riot gear with weapons drawn. While assessing the situation, he calmed the frustrated officers, assuring them that help was on the way to effect a long-overdue evacuation. After placing five critical patients aboard the awaiting helicopter, rounds were fired from nearby at both the police officers and Petty Officer Gray, which promoted several officers to immediately begin pursuing a group of fleeing suspects. With little ground force protection, Petty Officer Gray instinctively assumed command of the remaining policemen. Sensing the situation urgency, he entered the retirement home, discovered 80 more patients needing evacuation, and swiftly relayed for the need of immediate heavy lift helicopter support, directing all remaining police officers and staff to assemble patients in the home's lobby. Then he established evacuation priorities. One by one, heavy lift helicopters landed and embarked bedridden and ambulatory patients while ground and flight crews from every armed force operated as a team under Petty Officer Gray's expert direction. The very next evening, as a member of an H-60 crew, he effectively evacuated 40 more flood victims from a chaotic downtown convention center. Panasonic's great heroic actions and daring while facing imminent personal danger were instrumental in saving the lives of 132 storm survivors. His dedication and devotion and duty are most heartily commending in keeping with the highest traditions of the United States Coast Guard. David! What the heck, dude? You're straight up getting shot at. You're you're in a war zone, and it's it's a rescue operation. What? Man, I want to tell you too. That morning,
1: the morning of that rescue, we had a briefing on the hangar deck at Air Station New Orleans, and we were all informed under no circumstances stay behind. Stuff was getting a little hairy. Um, I just things were getting hairy, and they said don't stay behind. And you know, when we landed and we got a call that there was, you know, a few people that needed to get out of that retirement center care center. And so we, we just answered the call and went to it and landed. And I got out and I, we didn't realize, I didn't, we didn't realize severity of it till the helicopter left. I ran up, we loaded these patients in, it was filled. I'm a big guy and used to being left behind on the 65 <laughs> the pilot asked me, he goes, are you okay? I'm like, well, look, there's all these police officers. I'm fine. I mean, as I'm walking around the front of the, the rotor and going to police officers, I mean, you, you hear that crack and I hunted my whole life. And man, I know what that crack is. Yeah, That's a, Those are bullets coming by us. And the cops are running. The helicopters are already taken off. And I'm kind of standing there where the helicopter was and a, the, all the police officers were up underneath the, the, the entrance to the building. I'm like, shit, I got to run. <laughs> so I ran up there and, and they're all pissed off because they'd been sitting there for over 24 hours waiting to evacuate this place. Holy and God. the reason the cops were there is because there was a significant amount of drugs in the building. It was like a nursing center. Yeah. And these gangbangers wanted the drugs, and they knew they were there. And they were just constantly under fire from these thugs in this neighborhood that wanted to get in and take the drugs. And I didn't realize that. So, I mean, literally, these cops, I mean, they're it down the road after them. I call the 65, and I'm like, hey, man, we just took some shots at us. You know, they just shot at the helicopter. Well, you know, that went out. Everyone heard it. Oh no. Cause way. I did it on my, I did it on a radio. So yeah. everyone heard it right away. Everything. What the hell, you know? I mean, after, after the fact, I talked to several of the guys, they're like, man, was that you? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, well, we didn't know what to think. Taking shots. I am like, yeah, these guys were shooting at us. It was crazy. You know? And, and I put the call out back to the 65 and then man, things kind of changed. <laughs> I, I go in the lobby and it's like you go in the lobby and there's a dining room off the one side of the entrance. And it's full of people. I mean, people in beds, people on stretchers, just people that could make it out of this high rise downstairs to the lobby waiting to get out of there. And I just, I came back out, got on the radio again. I'm like, Hey, we need, we need a lot of helicopters to get in here and get these people out. We need, we need more than just a
2: 65.
1: Yeah. So the next helicopter that landed was a, I think it was a Marine Corps, a Huey four bladed, you know, the big dual engine yep. four bladed, uh, yep. what is it? A 401. So it'd be four, a four and, five,
0: four four twelve.
1: Yeah. Four yep, yep. the, yep. the The beefy one. Cause I remember I had to get up on the skid to get in and talk to the guy in the, in, in the door. Yeah. He's like, "What you got here?" And I'm like, "Man, I got a building full of people, and I got people that aren't coming out of their rooms, and some are ambulatory, some are not." He goes, "All right, we got them coming, and they took off." And they
0: well, they didn't take
2: take anybody.
1: (laughs) No, they just got out of the way. He got out of the way. I mean, he flew off, you know. Oh. That just like, well, that didn't help. (laughs) The next thing to land was a Sea King, and uh, uh, oh, nice. And this 53 came in. And I mean, the, 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 lot across the street was empty. It flattened every tree on it. Wow. And, he made a, and he made a landing zone. They made two of them. They brought two of them in. And I mean, they just, boom cleared out a whole area. And here's are these two big stallion 53s ramps come down. These Marine Corps guys come out like, what do we do? I'm like, here we go. Boom, nice. let's get these people out of here first and manage to start directing them. Boom, 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 boom.
2: Wow. Coast
1: Guard H60s were landing. Uh, a couple 65s came in. Um, last one was an CH-53 came in and hit the ground. By then, we had the place pretty empty. But, I mean, there were people looking out the windows. They weren't going to leave. It was sad. I mean, we were kicking indoors, There was people deceased. We just left them. Some people had the doors so barricaded. They weren't coming out. I'm like, people come on. You know, there's no power. We're going up dark stairways. And me and this one Marine Corps guy, I mean, we're literally trying to kick in doors and wow. just get as many people downstairs and the hell out of there. Now, I mean, you gotta go. It's just, you're not gonna stay here. So I'm not sure how many people were left. I mean, there were obviously people in there that didn't want to leave. They were barricaded in. But me and this young Marine, I mean, we were kicking down doors and people deceased. You just moved on. Wow. We didn't grab them. We just kept going. Yeah. And, and everyone was gone. I'm out there. The 65 was coming back to pick me up. And that cop gave me a big hug. He's like, dude, amazing. Just amazing. He's like, you did it. He goes, not in my wildest dreams that I think. One guy could get that many people here to get them out. He goes, I thought they are all dead for sure. And the next day, we were flying. The, the night we did all those other rescues, we flew over that little center. It was burnt. I mean, they, it was gutted. Wow. They torched it. Those little gangbangers were burning everything. You know, they, they looted the place and burnt it to the ground. Wow. When we were there, the, the, the um, 101st Airborne guys were there assisting the missed teams that were kind of forcefully going in and clearing out areas. Cause it yeah. was nasty. It wasn't, it wasn't pleasant. They were calling it little Mogadishu. Yeah. That'll it, give you kind of the tempo of the place. Yeah. I mean, it was bad. It was the worst I'd ever seen in humanity. And I'd been around the world. It was the worst I've ever seen in humanity. It was bad. You know, people don't realize how bad it was. It was bad. And I mean, we were doing, we were doing incredible things there. There were guys that were just, I mean, insane rescues. Chopping through roofs. Um, Yeah. We were I mean, literally we were, we were, I was getting lowered to an overpass had about four or five people on it and I'm looking down it kind of looks like a serpent, you know, the, the highway coming out of the water, into the water, out of the water, into the water. And I'm in the door of the, the 65, and I was in a Charlie model. That's the first time I was ever in a Charlie. I loved it. The thing had so much power. Yeah. Because I was always leery about the darn Charlies, you know. And yeah. 65, begin with. I'm a big guy. They call them four segments. You know, every time I got in it, they are get four segments when they came into the But literally looking down, it looked like a serpent, and there's a helicopter over it every part where the, the highway came out of the water, picking wow. people up. You could just count them. I mean, four or five helicopters, just all perfectly lined up. 60s, 60, 65s, tree, you know, tree level, picking people up. It was amazing. I mean, it, someone, I think, uh, Noodles, described it as the Super Bowl of SAR.
0: Oh, it absolutely I mean, was.
1: Nettles, you know, oh, yeah. Chief Nettles, I think now is the Master Chief. Right. But yeah, he was not, a he was a young second class at the time. We called him Noodles.
2: Yeah.
1: And uh, yeah, he's like, "Yeah, it's the Super Bowl of SAR. And then, then that little comet came out of the Superdome and the helicopter. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> and it's it's just, it, well, it was amazing. We did some incredible things, you know. My family had no clue I was there. But
2: uh,
1: see, it, yeah, my my wife, yeah, she's working. I just came home. I'm like, "Hey, I'm leaving. Okay, bye." <laughs> she was she was seven months pregnant here i go
0: oh david
1: <laughs> and you know, I you know i was funny. I mean, i'll be right guy. back <laughs> don't worry and uh oh. they see me on cnn trying the guy trying to get an interview of me after we landed after that hospital case or the retirement center yeah i went up with it man i had a, I think I said a couple words to him, and I'm dunking my gear in that. We had 55-gallon drums with bleach water to clean wow. all our gear off because it was. Oh dry. yeah,
0: it was nasty. Yeah.
1: It was nasty. It was pretty bad. Yeah. Well, I... he's a guy trying to get an interview with me, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when my mom saw me. She's like,
0: Hey, I, I... <laughs> David, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Mom, mom, it's all good. I got this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow.
0: So, so yeah. this is gonna roll me right into unless you, unless you want to say anything else about New Orleans in particular. No, but no, no, that that move on. It's pretty. It. it is pretty awesome. Um, but I wanna I wanna roll right into standardization, and you know it's it's interesting to me that how well the Coast Guard does standardization, and I recommend it to everybody be standard don't have one rule for one spot and then another rule for another spot even if you're in warm weather versus cold weather keep your hand signals the same keep your procedures the same keep everything the same and john hall actually said it in the movie the guardian when he's talking to like the guys around the helicopter right they're in a school and he's like i was in new orleans it didn't matter where my pilot was from where my flight mech was from we got into a helicopter, Coast Guard helicopter, and we could do the job because everybody spoke the exact same. It was standard across the board. Cannot emphasize yeah. it enough. You absolutely, were in the stand <laughs> team. You are yes. one of those prom- uh, components and the big promoters of being standard. And I appreciate that. Like, yeah. It, you know, when I was a young third class down in Corpus
1: Christi and then the stand team came around the professionalism of, of Scotty Dyer put such a mark on me that I thought, you know what, I'm going to end up there. I'm going to strive to end up on that stand team because I saw I saw its value and it was so impressionable upon me. Just the knowledge they had to share. I'm like, man, I want to gain that knowledge. I want to know what they know. I want to do what they do. I want to end up on that stand team. And I did I mean, I ended up there and I made it a point, a personal point, a personal mission to make sure that every visit I did, someone gained something out of it, whether it be the third class all the way to the chief and just here's why we do it. This is the way we do it. So we can be safe. So everyone comes home. Communication was always key to me, you know, I, I, had, I had left the helicopter on the end of that hoist hook and gone down to shrimp boats in the beginning of the whole thing and had the flight mech lose his cool. And instead of saying sheer or hold, he just kept saying, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. The pilot went into forward flight. I'm halfway down the king post and everyone knows a shrimp boat. A king post is the main post that comes out, gear goes out holds the nets up. Well, the flight mech's just going, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Well, the pilot went in forward flight. It ripped me back up through the, all that rigging. In the old harness, I lost I lost my SAR-1. I lost my flares. It ripped my knife off. And you get back in the helicopter and the pilot's like, what in the hell are you still doing on the hook? I thought you were gone. I'm like, and I mean, I was bloody head to toe. I still have the helmet behind me. I broke it <laughs> cracked the whole helmet, the blue helmet. I mean, it's cracked right down in the center. And uh, what Better the do helmet you do? than your head. That's right. But what do we do? There's learn still someone down there that needs a medevac. Yeah. Go in the water and swim up to the boat and climb on it. That's what I did. So you, you take all this knowledge that you learn and it's called situational awareness, CRM, crew resource management, situational awareness. I took all the kind of mishaps I had and I made sure when I left a unit that they understood the value of why you communicate and why you always discuss what you're going to do before you disconnect your ICS. So everyone's on the same boat because you, de- you deploy that helicopter as soon as you want connect your ICS. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's it. you're committed you want to make sure everyone's committed on the same page
2: yeah
1: and i always made that my that was my big mission every visit i went on you know don't get hurt don't do what i did because i was young and inexperienced and the helicopter they'd never done this before so you take all that knowledge you learn and you pass it on so others know and they don't commit the same mistakes or get themselves in some hairy situations or you know why what is the value of you know prior planning prevents piss poor performance the six p's it's beautiful i mean that was it that was my mission i i was never a big pt god I was damn good in the pool. <laughs> we know. You know that was, we my, know David. Was saving grace. <laughs> I, just, I can't run worth a damn. You know, that's why I was an outside linebacker. I could sprint to the quarterback. That was about it. Um, but you know, you take, you take those values that you have learned and, and you know, I take Scotty Dyer is and Jeff Tunks, two of these just senior masters of our program. And I learned from them and I learned from my own silly mistakes and you pass that on when you get to the stand team. That is the value of our stand team. Didn't matter the rank. You came to that with your experience and what you could pass on and how well you could do it. And I was a good instructor. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I loved advanced school. I, going I love going out there and teaching school. the techniques. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, there's so much value. And now what's funny is I have a couple friends here in San Antonio area or PJs that I know. And have gone on to train Bobby Watson's son, one of the, my buddies, Mike Maroney. Nice. Uh, He's uh, he on the cover holding the, the child uh, from Katrina. Him and I are friends. He's here in San Antonio. But he was the instructor for a couple guys that were in our rating that switched over to Para rescue. Nice. But we, can, we With our standardization and the way the Coast Guard runs, we can get on any helicopter, any yep. military helicopter and function. Agreed. Across the board. And it's it's an incredible value. And our advanced rescue swimmer school is not to be stressful, but it's to put you outside your, your comfort zone.
2: Yep.
1: And we man, we could accomplish it there. We did a good job. We did it so well that I had my instructors from Navy Rescue Swimmer School come through and here I'm their instructor at Advanced <laughs> Rescue School. Awesome. I mean it just it folded. The Coast Guard took aviation rescue and we ran with it and now we are the leaders because we are doing everything we train to
0: do yeah hands down there's definitely a standard that's set uh worldwide and you know I, I it's a it's an amazing amazing spot to be in and it's a it's a very high high regard and so Coast Guard don't mess it up but our boys yeah. in the boys in the in the front line. Don't mess this up for us, all right? We set you, know what, you guys up for success. I, you
2: know,
1: I, I have faith. There's probably stuff that you <laughs> and I can still learn from these young guys. That oh, are I, I 100%
0: agree. a hundred percent agree. I, I, I would be just... upset if I didn't learn something from the right. some of these younger guys. And um, you know, you, you brought up a good point. One of the things that that really as a hoist operator and as a, a hoist instructor. One of the things that drives me crazy, it it just, it's like that thorn in my side is, oh shit, and oh, I won't say it because I try to keep this podcast PG, but, you know, those are two things that I don't like hearing over ICS. I don't like hearing it from a pilot. I don't like hearing it from a swimmer. I don't like hearing it from a hoist operator. Now, if you are going to say it because it happens, I've said it myself, and then I catch myself, it better be followed up with exactly what's going on. So, for example, if you have our boy Dave down in the rigging of a shrimp boat, you say, oh, shit, our boys in the rigging on the shrimp boat, stop, forward, fight. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to say something like, oh, shit, follow it up with what the oh, shit is. Right. Clarify it up front. If you guys are Bold. flying and you hit Bold a pedal. And <laughs> Bold and precise. Exactly. You know? You
1: have to articulate exactly what's going on through your commands, right? Um, there is no visual cue. No, you know, and, and, 90% of how we communicate is with our hands, our facial expression, yeah. our posture, when you're an ICS, you know, it's down to 8%. Yeah. Think
0: about that 8% yeah. is true. I... that's all voice. I still laugh when I'm like teaching somebody, and you look at them and you say something over ICS, and they nod their head yes. Like everybody can see what they're not. You have to talk, bro. Come yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see that—that was, that was part of the fun part
1: of being on the stand team is being able to articulate that yeah. and make sure guys truly understand it. Because of past experiences and stuff I've been through, man, your articulation and, and your Verbal expressions have to be on cue. Yeah. You know, bold and precise communications at all times.
0: And standard communication. Standard. Right. Standard. Not shit, Not shit. Right. <laughs> that, that is not a standard call. <laughs> and that's not a command.
1: No. Everybody might
0: understand it, but it's not a standard call. That's right. Beat in the so, water. Got, so,
1: go ahead. I no, I just I really enjoyed my time on the stand team. I I spent two tours there, six years. Um Met my wife in Mobile, Alabama. So nice. it was a good it was a good tour. <laughs> hey, that's a great tour. <laughs> yeah, coming up on twenty one years here next uh, on the twenty fourth. So you better, know that, you better uh, know that date.
0: You better know that date because this exactly. is on recording right now. She's gonna listen yeah. to this and be like, David.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a reason I got married in two thousand. I always told her so I could remember how many years we've been married. <laughs> Well, whatever two- works, we are two- men,
0: swimmer. What works, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> shoot. Dude, I love it, I love it, man. If uh, I'll tell you what, I've taken a ton of your time, brother. Um, but if you have anything else you want to pass on to the younger generations, the other people that are out there listening, now is your opportunity, my friend.
1: It, you know, it, it's a great career. Um, I have. A good family friend. Their son is in the airman program right now. Yes. I keep up with them. I I keep tabs on them through another um, basically family. Tom justice was uh, the chief of the, the Hilo shop in Corpus. So I grew up with his kids. I mean, his kids were in diapers when I met them. Daniel is now a chief of the Hilo shop in mobile, Alabama. So his son is following dad's footsteps. That's awesome. And Daniel was in the swimmer program in San Diego and blew out his knee. I mean, he was, he's one of those kids that was almost there and got hurt. But instead of giving up on the Coast Guard, I mean, he pushed on, went to AMT school. And here he is, a chief. Good for him. So I always, I, you know, I text with him. I'm like, Hey man, go go check on my boy make sure how he's doing <laughs> we you know we all have ways of keeping tabs on people but oh, yeah you know it, it's it it wasn't a joke when we went through it's not a joke today it takes a lot of guts and determination um a lot of inward thinking you know is this really for me is this what i want to do but my god if it's in your heart man go for it. Cause yeah. it is one hell of a fraternity and I'm a college fraternity guy.
2: Yeah.
1: And my, my college fraternity, my dad was in it. My, my brothers were in the same fraternity. This fraternal order is insane. I mean, it's insane. Really is. Yeah. It, you know, to honor the number,
0: you just don't understand it until you get there. Nope. Nope. Uh, And we're trying, I'm trying to relay this to everybody out there. And I I hope that everybody's listening. Like I said, you know, when I, when I, when you first, when you first messaged me wanting to
1: interview me, I'm like, man, I don't do interviews. I told my wife too. And she's like, ah, come on, just do it. "Eh." You know, I don't like giving interviews because they always get twisted, you know? And um, don't worry. I'll twist it. Like I, you know, like I was on the stand team. I'm like, you know, I, I guess I, you know, maybe I do have something to say. And the first one I listened to of yours was Supertimes. And this, he had such profound things that just they hit you like a lightning bolt. Yeah. And they're, you know, it's like, wow, you know, I, I feel the same thing. Yeah. You know, I feel the same way. And, and we went through years apart. I mean, he's within that first group. Yeah. You know, and here I'm halfway between you. And, and it's just... It's just it's an intense intense honor to be a part of this and do this with you today. Yeah, uh, I can't thank you much for asking, reaching out and asking me. Oh, um,
0: my pleasure, my brother. And
1: I mean, we I could sit here, I'm a storyteller. Once you get me going, I could go on and I could tell stories about Alan Yates and Olaf Laval and George Cavallo climbing mountains and drinking beers and snowboarding back down. I mean, it goes crazy.
0: Well, we, we might have to do a part two and just throw every one of those guys under the bus.
1: Or I mean, I mean Steve Hathaway,
0: you know. <laughs> It's
1: tiny, Come on. On. It's Lavo, tiny. man. Lobo. I, I was with some of these famous guys that are just oh. they've done so much, and it, I was just very, very lucky to be a part of them.
0: Yep, uh, you me know? too, me too. You know, I love, love what you're
1: doing, man. I keep man, it, it up. You. This is great, it's great. That's and uh, I like you reaching out to our brothers and sisters out there. and New Zealand, Ireland, Uh, good friends with some of the guys in Ireland and Scotland that do the search and rescue over there, the helicopter rescue. And yeah, just had the opportunity to meet a lot of people because of what we've done.
2: Yeah,
1: gone to helicopter expos and run into old swimmers and train with a lot of other people. I mean, I've been around the globe. It's It's amazing
0: to (laughs) see what everybody around the world does. We are. It's such a niche. It's such a small community. And yeah, we all think alike. It's, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know it's it's incredible. It's it's. Like uh, it's yeah. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> I I tell my wife right now I'm living vicariously through everybody else. And then I was talking I to Rod. I,
1: I still do. What do you mean? you
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then all of a sudden, I'm launched out on a medevac. I'm like, oh, yeah, I still do this job. and I yeah. love every like every takeoff. Yeah. I took off. We were doing nothing more than just like a, a simple flight the other day. Pulled up into that hover, ripped up, dropped the nose. I'm like, oh, I love what I do.
2: Oh. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: my first helicopter flight ever. Never been a helicopter in my entire life. Alan Yates was the, uh, believe, the flight mech on it. And we were leaving the back of a 378. And we went flying and my first helicopter flight was the day Stevie Ray Vaughn crashed. <laughs> that was my first ride that day, because we were up and someone tuned up the BBC radio and we listened to it and are like, oh yeah, we just got emergency news or emergency broadcast. Stevie Ray Vaughan has crashed in Wisconsin. It was like, whoa, it was just somber. So his, his last flight was my first flight. <laughs> Wow. And
0: it's crazy. I mean, crazy. And then you go on to an amazing career as well. Hey, well done. Yeah,
1: then I go on and do some crazy stuff.
0: <laughs> Save a bunch of lives. I'm good with that. I'm good with I'm that. Okay. <laughs> you
1: know, I, I don't, I don't talk about what, what I've done in the past. My neighbor had no clue, no clue. And I think it was Alan Yates came here, Mark Galbraith couple guys came for a, a cookout. Alan was coming through Texas and he came and stayed with me. So we got Mark Galbraith, Alan Yates, me. I can't remember who. Oh, um, Smiling John was here. He's another Corpus Christi guy. So we're here in my, my carport. I'm smoking brisket. We're talking story. And I had my neighbor over and he's with the volunteer fire department here. Yeah. <clears throat> he's just listening. And And the stories, I guess, that came out kind of blew him away because the next day he calls me. He's like, Hey man, we need to talk. I'm thinking something's wrong. Oh no. uh, He goes, dude, I had no idea what you've done. You need to join the volunteer fire department because you could teach us. (laughs) I guess, I guess the story got heavy that day, but you know, just, I don't talk about it. And, and, and so people kind of get surprised at work, you know, here's this big guy and you, the, they ever hear what they ever yeah. heard half the stuff we've done. It just, it blows people's mind. You never know who you're standing next to.
0: Never. Nope. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's,
2: uh, yeah.
0: I, I This is one of the reasons I, I like to do this too. It's because yeah. it, it needs to be talked about. It just does because yeah. people don't know and and we we as a whole don't really talk about this i still no. haven't talked about my biggest case you should have your wife interview you and yeah. and, and talk about your experiences i did that that was you no know, i i, hey, hey, I want to hear just, everybody else's i want to get everybody hey, else's on here
1: kids uh, gather around i got a story for you yeah <laughs> there i was
0: <laughs> I, mean, so I was just talking to a guy about that like we're gonna be the old guys like in, in another like 20 years oh, back in our day this is this is the way let me just tell you something there young one
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah so you know i was actually talking to another pilot uh lonnie mixon who was just on and he's he's talking about flying like old school stuff where it's just no instruments no i mean it's turning and burning, you know, give it a little throttle, uh, coming back. <laughs> and I, You know, t- to tell you something, David Neal
1: was, uh, one of our, one of the best pilots ever flown with down in Corpus Christi. I think he used to be a QM when OCS became a pilot, he flies private jet jets. Now out of, out of Houston, that case that Alan and Olaf were on, I, I picked up the student the next day and the only thing he had was a broken ankle. It was terrible. Drown because the shoot didn't open. Two, three months later, I've got duty. We're standing out there. It's a Friday afternoon. I mean, it's Texas heat. It's hot. There's a helicopter fired up. It's leaving to go to an air show. It's got just a basic air crewman in the back and all their luggage. And we're looking out over the bay watching that helicopter leave because when it leaves, everyone gets to go home. It's the end of the day. And all of a sudden, we see these two chutes open. Boom, boom. And you're looking out the bands like, holy shit, those guys just ejected out of that jet. They're like, who's got duty? Like, I got duty. <laughs> Suit up, go. So, damn, I ran in, got my gear. I jump in the helicopter that was already on the tarmac running up, that's going to an air show. I don't even think I never put my ICS on, I never put a helmet on. I just jumped in. I stayed in the door. I don't even think I had a damn gunner's belt on because we launched and It's just, it's like, it's like a thousand yards out there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's not far away. So Dave Neal, and I can't remember who was sitting left seat, but Dave Neal was the pilot and that guy could fly. He was good. Well, we got airborne. We're dumping fuel because the 65, you know, is notoriously too heavy. And this was an, a model, so it couldn't hover to save its ass. So he's dumping fuel out over the bay, and then he's he's got that thing flying. Here comes a Navy SAR and their Huey. Well, hell, we're not going to be outdone by damn
0: Navy SAR. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he, Navy boys, yeah, tells, we love you squids, but yeah, uh, come on now, you're not going to beat us, SAR. <laughs> it's a race. <laughs> <laughs> so he
1: tells. Uh, Danny Reeves was the the flight mech and he wasn't even a flight mech at a time. He's just going to an air show. They don't need a flight mech. They just need a mechanic. So he doesn't even know the commands. Swimmer ready, swimmer, whatever, nothing. And I'm in the door. I'm ready. I'm hanging on. He's dumping fuel. You smell the fuel. Well, Dave Neal comes ripping up to the second shoot and, and we're about 35 feet, 35 knots. He noses it up and tells Danny, get the swimmer ready. Well, I got three taps. What does a swimmer do on three taps? Oh, you jump? I jump. At 30 feet, at 30 knots? Yeah. He was trying to get my attention to get back in the helicopter. Well, shit, I'm already ready. I'm geared up, thinned up. I'm still in the damn door. I'm going. Bro. I jump. Soon as I jump, I realize it, because all I'm thinking about is that case of Olaf and Alan, and I'm looking at a chute. I don't see the pilot in his raft. All I see is the chute. And I and I'm stressing. And I'm already stressing because I don't I don't want to deal with this damn decapitation crap. Yeah. That's all I'm thinking about. So I jump. <laughs> Man, I'm I'm gone. Dave Neal says he saw me go by the pilot door, the window door. He saw me. Woo! He's like, shit, was that swimmer? Dave's like, yeah, he jumped. Man, all I remember is leaving, seeing the helicopter, seeing the water, seeing the helicopter, seeing the water. <laughs> and I'm tumbling. <laughs> and I just curled up, I curled up in a ball, and I hit that water so damn hard. I, th- I lost my mask, I lost the fin. All and I'm right. like, I came up. I'm like, well, shit, I'm breathing. I give the hands up. I'm okay. And you know he's still flying by. <laughs> he didn't even stop. Damn helicopter has to know another go around to come back, dude. So I swim up, and this guy sits up in the raft, and he's like, "Excuse it, but he's like, holy shit, that was awesome." <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, "Oh my god!" And he's going, I, "He's like, are you okay?" I'm like, man, I'm okay. Are you okay? Because he was bleeding. He hit the canopy with his helmet. Yeah. And uh, so sure enough, you know, we I I do a double lift, aviator lift with him, get him in the helicopter, get him. then I, I put him back in all their luggage. We're soaking wet. Say, he's like, man, what do you want? I said, I want your name tag. So that's all I took. I took I took his name tag.
0: He still had it. <laughs> you still have it. Yeah.
1: Bill Shield. Bill Shield, William T. Shield, Lieutenant J.G., U.S. Navy, went on to become an F-A-18 instructor pilot. Incredible guy. I tracked him down and on LinkedIn. And I just, I found him and I said, hey man, you probably don't remember me, but I'm that silly guy that came out of the helicopter and rescued your ass, the Corpus <laughs> Christi Bay. And uh, yeah, we've kept in touch. He, he flies for FedEx. That of, is think, awesome. Out of, out of Maryland. So, what? But yeah, I kept, this, I kept this name tag. I took it off of him. We landed at the NAS Corpus Christi Hospital, and I'm like, stay. Stay in the helicopter. And the ambulance is already lined up. So I run to the ambulance. I'm like, all right, here he is. He's in the back of the helicopter. And I, I turn around. There he is standing right next to me. I'm like, you son of a bitch, you're not supposed to be walking. You know, because, you know, head trauma. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. He's standing right next to me, man. I get back to the hangar and I'm changing. And this, the CEO of the NAS Corpus Christi walked into our shop, ready to chew my ass. He was pissed that we let him walk out of the helicopter. And he goes to rip my ass. And our chief is sitting in his office and he wasn't a swimmer chief. I mean, this is an old school ASM chief. Yeah. And all you hear is get the hell out of my shop. Wow. Good. To a captain, a full bird. Get the hell out of my shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you. <laughs> People aren't going to have it. Nope. Nope. It wasn't my fault, so don't rip my guy. Get the hell out of my shop. And he did. He told him get the hell out of his shop. And the guy left. Never heard anything about it, ever. But I got his Ooh. name tag. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so
1: that's that was my helicopter story. You know, if I could, if I could pass on to somebody, make sure your crew chief is qualified. <laughs> You're in a proper hover, and the helicopter isn't moving. <laughs> oh my God! Okay. All right, just just a, a quick, funny one. You'll get you'll laugh at this. All right. We fly up north when I was stationed at Corpus. I'm a young third, maybe I made second class by then. But a heart attack victim. He was fishing off of the pier by Port A, north side of Port A. So he's north side of the jetty. So we land on the beach. I get him packaged up in the litter. The guy came back. The pilot came back to idle. So we're, we're at idle. I get him loaded into the helicopter. We launch, we're in forward flight and I'm thinking, you know what? I I don't want to stress the guy out. So I, I loosen this whole chest so he could kind of sit up and we had just taken off and he starts screaming. I mean, he's just screaming bloody murder. I'm thinking, what the hell did I do to him? I haven't touched him. I ain't put 0 two on him yet. I'm trying to get him comfortable and he points at the door. Well I turn around and look and all I see is a gunner's belt. You remember the doors on the 65 used to come flying off? Yeah. Well, the flight mech was closing the door, it came off the hinge, and he wasn't gonna let the damn thing go because they cost so much. It pulled <laughs> him out the door. It was a full flight. <laughs> <laughs> so all you see is a gunner's belt going out the door. Oh my <laughs> God. Well, I'm on ICS. <laughs> I'm telling the pilot, hey the mech's out the door, the mech's out the door. <laughs> He kind of comes into a slow, a slow taxi, and I'm pulling the, the flight back, back into the helicopter. <laughs> and I'm thinking That poor guy didn't die from a heart attack. He's okay. He's going to make it. it. Scared, scared the bejesus out of him.
0: Hey, uh, <laughs> adjust your tether so you don't fall out of the helicopter. Just throwing that out there. Hey. <laughs> Goddess belt is my tip work. and trick for the day. Goddess <laughs> belt does work. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny.
2: That's awesome.
0: You know, if you can
1: make humor of it, I mean, I've and I've heard some crazy funny stories. Um, just like dog rescues, I've done dog rescues. I've been bitten. I mean, just insane. You know, I go out on this boat this is the night before Thanksgiving, and all i I lived on base just in Corpus, just moved back to Corpus. My wife and I, you know, I'm just, I live on base. I'm doing Thanksgiving turkeys for the, the duty crew the next day. And all I'm worried about is, you know, frying turkeys. Turkeys. Yeah. Ready for Thanksgiving.
2: It's gotta we be on time. Out,
1: we get called out to a sailing vessel, a double master. that had rolled. There was a heavy storm way off the coast. And this sailboat just got, it got beat to hell. It rolled and they actually had the mast wrapped around it. Wow. So we get out there, launch onto it. And all I know is it's two people and their, their pet chihuahua. Okay. And I mean, it took me a while to get to the boat because every time I got to the water, I lost the boat. And we were in about 20 foot rollers, a lightning storm. It was a thunderstorm. And finally, the, like the second time they picked me up, they picked me up way on the other side, downwind of the boat. So it blew into me. So now it blew into me. I'm in all the darn rigging. And I'm trying to work my way back to, the, to the, the cockpit of the boat. And the lady's like, you take my dog first. And she throws this dog at me. And I'm hanging onto the boat. We're rolling through these waves. Helicopter's got the night sun on us. I'm trying to, And I don't have anything figured out yet what I'm going to do. Well, she throws this dog over the side back of the boat on me. It's a Dalmatian. Full-grown Dalmatian in a life jacket. And the thing is biting me. Its ass is up in the air and its head is down, biting the shit out of me. I get it turned around and it's still biting me. And I told the lady, get in the water. (laughs) She got in the water and I handed her the dog and turned her around so the dog couldn't get to me. And I, I, I launched, we get her and the dog up in the helicopter and then I come back down they, we finagle, I get to the boat. We're, we're on time restrictions, man. We we got to get back in because we're rowing low on fuel and we are way the hell out there. The Falcon Jet is circling, filming the whole thing. Finally get the guy off, get in the helicopter, and then we're beelining it to Brownsville right there on the border. And we make it real low fuel. Well, on the way, the dog had ingested so much water, salt water.
2: Oh,
1: no. and it is now... Projectiling both ends in the helicopter. I mean, the pilots are like, oh my, they got their little cigarette doors down. They're just, it's like they got the is going back, but Jesus on them. I mean, it stunk so bad. It went everywhere. It's all over me, all over the back of the cabin, the Sarbord, you know, the 65. It was all over the place. And the lady's like, I finally got a wool blanket out and wrapped it around the dog. And we we land and the Falcon jet lands because we needed fuel. We're going to be a while. So they land and they come taxiing in. They're like, hey, you got to go with us. And I'm like, I do. They're like, yeah, we got another SAR case. We got to get you back up to Corpus and you're going to launch again. Like, okay. So I ran and found the nearest hose and I rinse off. <laughs> Yeah, I get in the Falcon jet, and then, you know, we're cruising back to Corpus, quick flight. I'm looking at the film. I wish I had it. It was pretty cool. I mean, they, they had that new FLIR system, and they videotaped that the whole case. It was it was incredible. But this, it was just an incredible case. Should have got a really good award for that one, but I didn't. Um, but anyway. so not we do it. Yeah, it's how we roll. It's how we roll. How we get roll. back to Corpus, and I'm going in, and they're pulling the next helicopter out. I tell the night crew, hey, guys. I owe you all a case of beer. They're like, what? You'll see. I owe you a case of beer. (laughs) They don't get it. They're like, okay, whatever. You know, because it's, I think it was a Friday or something. Everyone's going to go on vacation. It's like, man, we're going to get the hell out of here. It's Thanksgiving. (laughs) Hey, man, I launch out on another medevac. (laughs) I come back and they're like, what the hell, Gray? There's dog shit on the ceiling. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I get, and they look at me, and I got blame marks, and they're like, "What in the hell happened?" <laughs> now they want the story. <laughs> so I think someone told you a story about a dog, and I remember that one. I'm thinking, oh my yeah, god, dogs, just dogs. <laughs> in the open ocean just don't go together yeah that doesn't work <laughs> but i ended up getting the prashard award for that one oh, and God. to me the prashard award was probably the most prestigious award i ever got because that meant a lot because that came from the whole officer's mess yeah you know the prashard award was to me like that's a pinnacle yeah yeah uh, that one meant a, a lot to me. so you know you, you could probably explain the prashard award
0: at some point yeah, I and certainly will.
1: It. And, it, and it, 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 to me, that's like all these hanging, big deal. That Prashard award <laughs> and all I remember is the dog. And the, the lady's name was Cat Brown, because I'm gray. She was brown. I remember it. I still get I get uh, Thanksgiving cards from her.
2: Oh,
0: that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Nice.
0: Yeah. Nice. with uh, her in her picture of her dog.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she felt so bad, you so know. Like, oh. He wanted nothing to do with it. He, the the, the husband, hid up there behind the flight deck seat. He was a, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, the boat was their whole life. I mean, they uh, were on their way, they're on their way from Houston down to um, South America, and just got wrapped up in a storm. And man, it I never and I sailed my whole life on the Great Lakes. Yeah. That yeah. boat took a beating. I mean, it was the masts were wrapped all the way around it. Wow, <laughs> they rolled it. He lost his rudder and rolled it. Jim it once. I mean, he rolled it several times and it was a mess. I mean, wow. yeah, that was probably the most challenging rescue I ever had. Cause I just either put in the water and the thing disappeared. It was gone. It
0: just because have the size of the waves,
1: the waves oh. and the wind and the storm. I mean, it was, it was blowing. It was yeah. pretty nasty out there and just things lighting up. That's all I remember is seeing nothing. But then when lightning, it's like, Oh, I got a glimpse of it, you know, but it couldn't catch it. And then just, you know, the, low, the bare hook. They were lowering yeah. me the, with the chem lights on it so I could hook up. And instead of bringing me all the way to the helicopter, which they should do, they did. not They left me dangling off the water and air taxied and then dropped me again.
0: By the time I got unhooked, the boat would be gone. And this went on. I mean, it beat the hell out of me. So Did I, you? I was were, you uh, tired by were you in the SAR-1 or in a Triton? No, I was in the Triton. Oh, yeah. See, all right. So, so you making that, but you making that statement, I actually, I would prefer to stay, just come out of the water, just air taxi over. I'm okay with that. Like you don't have just, to. They, Yeah. Yeah. They just couldn't, they, they, the flight mech and he was young.
1: He should have had them bring me around to the other side. So uh, the boat would come to me. Yeah. He kept dropping me thinking I could catch the boat. I could never catch it.
2: Yeah. No.
1: Just the waves. I mean, the, it was, it was a big boat. It's 54, almost 60 foot sailing. You look at that mass and those waves, it was just walking away from me. I couldn't catch it. So they finally caught on. He's like, Oh shit. Yeah. Bring him to the other side. And they dropped me like a couple crests and that thing actually just came right to me. Boom. Grabbed it, worked my way down the side. But I mean, it had rigging all over the place. That's what scared me the most is getting caught in that rigging. That's why I went to the very back of it. Um so I got them all off the back. Yeah, it was <laughs> that darn dog. Chihuahua. <laughs> that was a chihuahua, right? Yeah. Kind of like the sunburn case, you know, you're going out for a sunburn and uh, now a third degree burns. Well that's not really a
0: sunburn. Uh, yeah. It's a little different. A little different. Come yeah. on now. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That is it. What a finale, ladies and gentlemen. Finale. That's all, I'm gonna I'm going I'm gonna cut it at that. There you go. (laughs) This is David Gray. Thank you for coming on to the Real Rescue Podcast, my friend. Awesome, man. Love you, brother. Love you too, man. Keep doing doing the good stuff. You got it. You got it. Ladies and gentlemen, we are out of here. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Real Rescue Podcast. Please take a minute and like my daughters like to tell me, like and subscribe. Oh yeah. I'm pulling chocks and taking off. But before I go, if anyone out there has a rescue story that they would be willing to share, I would be humbled and honored to have you as a guest. Or if you have any questions about any of the rescues or anything else that we talk about here on this podcast, send me an email. TheRealRescue at gmail.com. That's T H E R E A L R E S Q at gmail.com. You can also check us out on our Facebook and Instagram page at The Real Rescue. That's at T H E R E A L R E S Q. I also want to give a special thank you to all of you standing on the watch today. Always remember that when that SAR alarm goes off, those in distress are praying for a miracle. They are going to get you. Until next time, fly safe and swim hard.